Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. On the Elevate Master Builders podcast today, I'm joined by Paul Southey. Paul is the director of A1 Homes Wairaraka and a staunch advocate for diversity in construction. He is a champion of women, Māori and Pacifica in the construction sector. Paul's passion and commitment to building connections and supporting diversity is truly influential. He works with leaders and business owners to foster an inclusive environment for people from all backgrounds. Hear how his own daughter inspired him to think more about diversity and why she chose the truck over the hammer. Find out how high-vis and yoga really do mix. And are you prepared to take on the challenge we throw out to our listeners in this episode? Hey, Paul, welcome along to the Master Builders Elevate podcast. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. Oh, thanks very much for the invite, Ryan. And it's an honour and a bit of a pleasure to be here and tell a bit of our story and our journey on what we do. Champion, and I see two beautiful logos on your uh, chest. Of course, our uh, podcast audience won't be able to see them, but we've got an A1 Homes on one side and a Master Builders on the other. Yeah, very, very lucky to be, or proud, I suppose, to be a part of the uh, the two franchises. I've um, been with A1 Homes now for 18 years and been with Master Builder for 15 years. Champion, and I know you're uh, extending inside Master Builders and working on some special interest groups, et cetera, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, look, really our topic for the podcast today is diversity and inclusion in construction. Uh, maybe before we, we dive into that topic, can you give us a bit of a bit of your background, Paul? How have you, you know, how did you get to A1 Homes? Where have you, did you do an apprenticeship yourself? Give us, give us a bit of insight. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I'll probably start right at the beginning. Um, Ko Paul Southey Takaungua, ko Tarurua Tamona, ko Rumahanga Taawa, ko Papai Tiamarai, uh, no Grey Town Aho. So, hello everybody. I'm Paul from the Wairarapa, uh, born and bred down uh, this area, and as you can tell, um, Māori descendant. Um, and I am lucky enough to have uh, a Pakia. A father and a Māori mum, so I, I can walk quite comfortably now in both worlds. Um, so yeah, so that, that's who I am. Beautiful. Yeah. You, you want to know a little bit about my journey and how I got into the building industry? Indeed. I have a very unusual one, and this is probably going to be quite interesting for your listeners. I began my career um, as a school teacher. And I was in the teaching industry and as part of that role, doing careers and getting kids into the workplace, I was dealing a lot with the construction industry. Prior to that, I had renovated and, and done lots of sort of personal stuff there. But one day I was talking with a company called A1 Homes and I just brought a kit set from them. And I was um, in the process of getting my own home built. And I cheekily said one day, have you ever considered are selling the Wairarapa region. And three months, lo- uh, three months later, I was the uh, proud owner of a uh, building company of which I was not a builder. So my journey has been very different. Uh, but I'm humble enough to be able to say the journey has been incredible. Um, we've now built 700 homes in the Wairarapa region. Um, generally, every day, we've got 120 guys out on our building sites. It's a passion of mine now to be in the industry and, and share it. So, yeah, there you go, a little bit different. 
Indeed, quite the uh, different journey. And I think we have a saying here, the breakthrough, where we talk about uh, the worst person to own a hairdressing salon is a hairdresser. And that's amusing for two reasons. Again, for our listeners, uh, both Paul and I are rocking very shiny domes, so not a lot of requirement for the hairdresser. Uh, but on the business front, uh, of course, uh, if you don't know how to cut hair, if the organisation is short, you don't dive in and do it yourself because you don't know how to. Uh, you find ways to solve that as a business problem. So I imagine whilst there is some... Um, uh, it's maybe a different path than many people end up in in construction. Uh, I can see some upsides of not uh, not being the builder that you kind of not not immediately jumping on the tools. Yeah, it's worked extremely well. Um, while I was teaching, one of the skill sets we learned was to look at people and find their strengths and and identify their weaknesses and work on both. And that skill set for me in the building industry has been extremely well because I've connected myself with people who know more than me and use their guidance to support everything that we do in the industry. And it's now playing out extremely well when you've got a, a, a bigger business. I've just got experts around me who are better than I am at what they do. Brilliant, brilliant approach. The humble servant leadership. The, I like it. Uh, tell us, you know, we want to explore diversity and inclusion and how you've uh, maybe discovered that and how you've tried to bring it to your organisation and, and other areas that you're involved in. When did this uh, idea of diversity in the construction team come to you? Yeah, that's a great question. To be fair, the journey was quite unusual and it was actually my daughter that raised it uh, to me. So I have a younger daughter and she said, oh, Dad, I love what you do in the industry, how you build people's dreams and you make things happen for people. And it's, I love what you do, Dad. I'm actually thinking about coming into the industry. And then I sort of looked around my world and went, oh, OK, uh, right, let's go. Let's uh, bring you in and have a taste of it. And so she was the one that sort of started this whole journey. And then I started to look at the bigger picture and I went, well, as a father and as a business owner, I'm actually not doing a good job at selling diversity in our industry. Um, and that's where the journey began. And so now I'm pushing as much as I can to talk about Māori and Pacifica in our industry, talk about the amazing wahini that are coming through and talking to them and getting photos of them and showcasing them. So that's sort of how the journey began and it's now taken on something huge that I'm passionate about and it's going so well and Master Builders are an amazing vehicle to help me uh, with that journey. Fantastic. And Paul, we need to tie the end on your daughter's story. Did she stay in construction? Yeah, actually, it was quite interesting. She went and uh, spent some time with the builder, the electrician, and the thing that she really wanted to do was drive trucks. So I got her working with a local company that she'd go out and just do some time with them. And she loves driving trucks and being on that side of things. And she, I've taught her well to back a trailer. So she loves showcasing her skills at backing a trailer. So she's still on her little journey. She's only 17 still. Okay. Um, but it's, it's cool. And I hope she makes some decisions and carries on with this journey in construction. Uh, and look, certainly some kudos for uh, anyone being able to back a trailer well. So good on, good on her. And when you think about the importance for diversity in the workplace, what comes to mind for you? Being open-minded. As we all know in our industry now, it's really hard to find staff. And historically, our general way was to advertise and predominantly uh, males would come in and 
you would sort of put everybody else to a side because we looked at our industry and it was very bloke dominated out on the tools and all that sort of stuff. But when we started to find out that we couldn't just go for that target, we had to look at what else was out there. And when we started looking at the different type of humans that were coming through, we, we had quite a few ladies putting their hands up. We had Māori, Pacifica, India, Asian people starting to come into the industry. And when you slowed down and looked at their CVs and looked at their skill sets, it opened up a whole new world to us as an industry. And so for me and inside my own industry, I'm 60% uh, female now. And, how, and what we're doing with our offices uh, in here. So I've got women uh, project managers, for example, women construction uh, contracts managers. And then out on the ground, we've now got the wahini down in the, in the trades, uh, all doing their apprenticeships. Um, so that's sort of how that journey has grown and grown for us. Fantastic. And what do you observe in the uh, different both gender, ethnicity, uh, maybe backgrounds that people are coming from, different education levels? What do you observe in the differences that come to bear with the, the diversity that you've got in your organisation? What's working well for you that maybe you wouldn't if you'd stuck with just the what we would call maybe the typical uh, hires into construction? Yeah, we're starting to see... The way of thinking is different and our world now has changed its thinking. You know, we, we're not our nine to five people that we used to be. Now we do look at things a little bit differently. And so with the different people that are coming in, they bring in their stories and their background knowledge into our workplace. And it gives people time to slow down and think about others. And, and it's just our community is driven by our singular person, but then our families around that person and then their communal groups around that. And what we've learned is that we're not just helping the one person, we're actually helping their family and more because they've been given a chance. And boy, when you give somebody a chance that hasn't had that before, they are focused and driven and will go beyond what is required to do their roles. That's probably been the biggest thing that has excited me by talking to all these people and seeing their journey. Um, and it's quite inspirational when you, when you hear some of these stories and see the adversity that they had to overcome just to come into construction. You sit there and go, wow, that's, that's amazing. I can see why you're an amazing person. And look at how that is rubbing off to others around us. And they're picking up on that vibe and going, whoa, let's let's go. This person's really gone places. Yeah. So all those sort of things come to play. Yeah. And I can see how it's increased your uh, pool of available people. And you mentioned earlier about in a tight labour market, being able to access uh, a wider pool is certainly advantageous. Um, interestingly, Paul, we've had the uh, almost exact opposite in our organisation that it's been very female dominant. And uh, I think we've typically, in, uh, yeah, we, we've hired a lot of uh, females into our business because they're just so damn good at detail. Yes. And uh, we've actually, in our last round of hires, we're going, hey, we, we need to get some male diversity in our, in our business, but we, we hired two more women because they were just so so good at the role that we were, we were looking for. With your females in your organisations, have you noticed some, and I know that we're absolutely generalising here, but have you seen some more dominant traits from your female construction members? Yeah, what we've found with the, 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 the teams that we work with is that when it comes to problems, Solving. Boys, and I'm going to be quite generalised when I say this one, 
we tend to wake up in the morning, we throw our clothes on and we're coffee and out the door and gone. Whereas when you look at the ladies that are inside our, our industry and they are family, families, they've done a million jobs before they even got to work. And so they've been thinking about all these different things. And what we find is when we give them a topic, they think about things totally different. And they, they shine a light on a different angle that we've never thought about before. And you sit there and go, oh, yeah, it actually brings a, another topic or another angle to the table. And then we can talk about it and go, yeah, okay, we could work with that. So that's the stuff that we're sort of seeing out there um, on site. The way that the, the ladies are a little bit more gentler on machinery. Um, some of the comments coming back from our uh, employers are saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're better with the machinery. They just look after them a little bit better and they understand that that is what is required to get them through the day because they don't have the brute strength to yes. pick up things and, and lift things or hold things as long. So they they just offer something a little bit different to the table. So that, that are sort of some examples that we've seen. Fantastic. And a couple of stats I understand that about 13% of the broad construction workforce is female in New Zealand currently. Uh, and then of the females that are actually in the construction trade, so you know, if we could call it on the tools, uh, it's only about 2.5%. Uh, why do you think we have such low numbers? I think for me it comes down to role models. Historically, we've not seen role models of, a, of any gender, you know, from a, from a uh, wahine viewpoint or from the LGBTB community, people in wheelchairs, anything like that. We've, we don't have photos. We don't have stories. We don't have them. So for our young ones, our tamariki coming through, they sort of haven't had to aspire because they've never seen them. But what we're seeing now with social media is that it's everywhere and our young people are seeing it. So two companies that I'm working with at the moment, they've got, for example, three young painters all under the age of 21 um, in, in our industry. And to see the laughter and the humour that they bring when they're out there painting it, they're singing away, they're creating a different vibe that we would normally see with the young uh, men out there. And when I go and speak to the schools, I actually say to them, there is 57 different type of jobs available inside the construction industry. And it blows them away because they would look, normally think, oh, there might be 10, 20 at the most. Yeah. And so I want to showcase that to them, that they can come into the industry. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are, you can come in. There will be a job inside our industry that you can do. So that's where social media has been important. But I think for me, the biggest thing has been NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction. I had the privilege this year of being a judge and I got that role through Master Builders. And to sit in the presence of those outstanding women and to see the stories and to go to the awards event just blew my mind. And the teams that I took along, I hoped that it was going to inspire them when we went to the uh, awards evening. And all of the young ladies that I took were totally inspired and they, they actually sat there and went, I need to do more. I need to go out and tell my story to other younger people or other women uh, in other industries and say, it's actually safe to come over. It is not the world that we think it is. So, yeah, that's how I believe we can inspire more women to come in and get on the tools and give it a go. Love it, Paul. And when you think back to that award ceremony, is there a particular individual that stands out for you and what was their story? Yeah, there was two, actually. There was two that just blew my mind. One was a, a young uh, lady from Auckland um, in the construction industry 
and she's hands on um, drilling piles down into the water and things like that. And she's of Tongan descent and she was the connector from her project management side and her seniors to, to the workforce. And she was translating a lot of the information into different languages so the workers on site could understand it. Or she was the translator to say, hey guys, we've got to take this particular equipment or get it to this level. And she would translate it in, in her language, which was Tongan, or she was able to talk to the Samoan boys and things on site. And the empowerment that she had from that, she actually didn't realize from the outside or inside out how amazing she was. And for us as judges, that was like, oh, wow, you're amazing. Not only are you connecting the industry together, you're translating it with another language. And then she was going out uh, to church groups and to having time to tell her story to bring others into the construction industry. So hugely inspiring that young lady was. Awesome. And And the other ones, a young lady couldn't get into the industry. She couldn't get a break. She had all the degrees, she had everything she needed, but she couldn't get in. So she made the decision to go and be a lollipop lady and go right down to the bottom and start at the bottom. And as you could imagine, because she was thinking outside the square, she was able to come up through the ranks from the bottom up. And she's made the journey to get through now to being uh, as a project manager on site. And I thought that took a huge amount of courage and a huge amount of um, sort of internal thinking to go, I really want to be into this industry, but I can't break in. What's a different way? And there you go. So two inspiring stories for you. And a great story of perseverance as well, being prepared to, uh, you know, start start at the bottom, as you say, and the, I'm sure there was some adversity to go along with her diversity at the as you journeyed through that. that the great, uh, great examples. Thanks for sharing those, Paul. Yeah, no, it's, it's thank you for that. And I just will add that because we got to speak to the, the people who are, say, the managers, and both of the managers were just blown away by these ladies and how inspiring they were and their credit now to the industry and to their businesses. So, yeah, well done to the managers on both those sites. Uh, I know you do a lot of work in community, Paul. It's not just about how do I get you know more labour or more effective people into A1 homes. You think more broadly than that. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're able to take this focus of helping people and combine it with your community focus? Yeah, I'm very lucky with Master Builders. Um, They are thinking quite laterally at the moment to go, how can we encourage people to come into the industry? While Master Builders is predominantly construction and builders only, but they're taking the global viewpoint and going, we can bring people into any industry. As long as they're in construction, they might stay with us for a little while, but they might move, but at least they are in construction. So we use that philosophy when we're going out to careers events or to schools and talking about what careers are available. Um, And the kids now are starting to see, oh, there are different options there available for us. We use um, the local media as well to talk uh, with different angles around diversity or role modeling or or showcasing someone in the industry. So local media has picked up on how proactive we are. So they're coming to us now to ask those questions or have you got an example to show us or have you got some commentary on that? So local media has been fantastic uh, to help us there. When we run our Master Builder events, we listen and target people um, in our industries and we go, hey, we've got some guest speakers that can come in and we're bringing in diverse guest speakers. So they're talking to our members. 
and, and, and they can just showcase and hear those stories. Another thing that we're doing at the moment is we're doing a lot of work with the councils. The councils are starting to open up as well and go, how can we work together? And one of the things that we've identified is the industries all need to work together. So we've set up an industry leadership group and the industries can come together, talk about the um, sort of what's happening with inside those industries. And then we can go away and say, well, how can we help each other? So that's starting to work really well. And then the last one, which is quite powerful, was master builders locally. There was a local homeless shelter and they were needing some more pods uh, for people to come in and stay in at night. So master builders got together and, and put uh, some, uh, what did we come up to with products, builders to all come together and help that. So there's about five or six different ways that we're doing Fantastic. it locally to try and help the brand and help people into our industry. Amazing, Paul. And what advice would you give to maybe a young woman who's in, maybe she might be in her um, year 11, 12 at high school, she's evaluating what she might do. What would you, what advice might you be giving to her in terms of considering something in the broader construction industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So last week I was at a careers event at a school and I was talking and this young lady who is exactly like you say, she came up to me and said, oh, I really like designing, but I, I don't know what to do or is that a career option? Because she didn't know that designing was a career option. And as we all know, that's huge in our industry. So I've now connected her to a local designer who is a, a woman and she's going to... Um, showcase what she does and she's going to mentor her through to have a look at the journey and go, well, is this something that I really want to go to? Um, so that was really cool. And then I had another young lady who goes to me, well, I'm more into fashion and I and I want to put colour into rooms and things like that. But you don't, you guys don't do that in your industry. And I was like, but that's what interior designers do. So once again, we hooked her up with going to talk to the people that do that sort of thing. And I just want to throw this one, and this was a young man, come to me and we're yakking away and he goes, ah, there's no jobs for me in your industry. I like to play games and, and sit on a gaming station and I don't like talking to people face to face. And I said, have you ever thought about how you drive a crane or how you drive a digger or, or do something? And he's like, what do you mean? I says, well, you're on a joystick all day doing things and you don't have to talk to anybody. You can sit inside the cabin and just dig and, and lift and do all that sort of stuff. And I said, what about a forklift? Have you ever driven a forklift? And he's like, oh, no. Oh, I could actually have a go at that. So we've organised him to go and have a, a day with a company just to have a look at those sort of things. So that's the sort of opportunities for these young people that are out there that they don't even know about. Outstanding, Paul. And I can see your uh, not only your passion about this topic, but also the joy it brings you to help help these other people. It's, it's very, very cool. Uh, let's throw a challenge out to our listeners. Uh, almost every school does some kind of careers evening or they do some kind of work experience placement. So let's put a challenge out there. You've set a fine, fine example, Paul. Let's put a challenge out there for our listeners to get in contact with your local school and go, hey, can I come along and talk at your careers evening or if you're looking for some placements for some work experience come to site with us for a day or help us connect with uh, some of the people we work with in our industry and uh, keep that ball rolling i like that yeah that's a great challenge because that is the number one issue that all the careers advisors talk to us about is we don't know enough of the people to break into get these kids from gateway uh, on into the businesses so that is a great challenge Get out there, people, and go and help your schools to get in because they don't know who to talk to. So great challenge. 
and we've all been in that situation, right, as, uh, you know, teenagers going, oh, what job shall I try and do for the rest of my life? And we have such a narrow view of the world and what might be possible. And you just talked about three examples there of people that were like, I didn't realize I could do that in construction. And it took someone like you to share that idea and that insight. So um, it's a really powerful contribution to community. No, no, Paul. Hey, Paul, I understand you're also one of the guest speakers at Constructive, which is our industry forums coming up very quickly, 25th and 26th of August. Can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be speaking on? Yeah, we're coming to talk about uh, what's happening in the Construction Accord with, uh, the, with the Māori focus. And we're going to be sharing uh, some of the work that we've been doing over the last year uh, in the background and designing program uh, that can showcase construction right across the country. Um, and we're going to show different examples of how we are, we are doing it at regional levels. And so, for example, you've heard a little bit about what I'm going to be doing. I'm also going to be showcasing that with photos and videos of the stories on how we're connecting down to the bottom level and getting and inspiring these young people or, or just people in general to come into our industry. But we also want to showcase how it's been done from the higher level coming down. Uh, so you've got your tier one, tier two uh, big uh, construction companies in the commercial world and how we're going to be bringing them all together and showcasing um, the abilities that everybody has. Because at the end of the day, we want to bring more people into our industries. And if we can help, whether it's from suppliers uh, in the supply chain, bringing product into the industry through to the construction teams that are building them, or, or right down to the lower level, which is the whānau that are on the ground who go to work every day. If we can sell that story, because we know that it'll help the individual, but it helps the whānau, then it helps the community. Yeah, so we're going to be showcasing that and very uh, grateful to uh, Master Builders to be allowing us to come along and, and showcase what we've been up to. Great job, Paul. And I heard a rumour that there's one of the images in this presentation is a bunch of boys in high vis doing yoga. Is the rumour true and what's it all about? Yes, the rumour is true and uh, no, I did not have spandex on. <laughs> one of the things that we noticed in our industry was the high stress levels and and people were and are not handling stress out there at the moment and we thought of doing a strength and stretch class because we didn't want to call it yoga because we knew nobody would come but when we said oh let's call it strength and stretch and come in and work your core people were like oh yeah we can do that six back i'll go for one of those yeah so it was like hey downward dog here i come and i fell down and couldn't get back up but that's okay um but the beauty of it was it gave us a chance to unwind and to slow down and just be present because in our in our day we are full on and we don't get a chance to just slow down be present and just be in that moment and what we found by doing this over the eight weeks was that the guys were reporting back that they were going home and they were more calmer when they walked into the door and their families were happier to see dad because it was happy dad and relaxed dad that walked into the door. So I think it gave it something bigger than we thought was going to happen. We thought it was just going to be the the gentleman on, on you know, in, in the class, but it was actually the comments coming back around dad's happier and he's more gauged and more present with us when he walked in the door. So, yeah, 
something tangible that we didn't think was going to happen. Quite amazing. Outstanding. And Paul, if you were to project yourself another 10, 15 years into the future, what kind of vision do you have for the construction industry when it comes to our diversity and inclusion? Well, that's a good one. That's putting me on the spot. What would it look like? I would like to think that we've changed our thought process around how we do things as, as companies in New Zealand. And at any level, whether it's from the top and the bigger companies right down to the you know, the small companies on the ground, is that we are starting to think more about how we can help our communities and how we can grow everybody out there and being open enough to say, look at look at who we've got out here. We've got people of different ages, different, you know, we could have young people through to keeping people in the industry because we know once we lose the older boys out and ladies out, we lose that knowledge. So they might be coming back in mentoring roles. So that would be amazing. We'd have a, a thing or a thought process where everybody is is working together for the common good because our industry is changing. It changes every year and it brings new challenges, but together we will meet those challenges head on and we'll think about it together with an inclusive mindset rather than a singular mindset. Um, and it's not just our industry, but it's other industries working together and to say how we can better improve our communities. So there you go. There's a bit of a global thought for you. That was a great insight, Paul. And your uh, experience shares, your insight, what you are doing for the good, not of Paul, not for the good of A1 Homes, but for the good of uh, our industry and for our community. I'd like to acknowledge you for your effort and uh, perseverance in that space. Uh, we need more leaders like you. So thank you for stepping up to the plate and doing doing what you do. Uh, Paul, is there any final comment you'd like to make before we wrap the podcast for today? Yeah, I'd like to say like you had a challenge, but I'm going to put it out there as, as be inspirational because you don't know who you are inspiring. Just by turning up and doing what you do, you could be inspiring someone younger than you. You could be inspiring an older person. So start thinking how I can help others around me and tell these stories. If they're too shy to tell a story, you tell it for them because you then will inspire others through their stories. And together, we can make that next generation want to come into our industry to make sure that we are here moving forward for the long game. So, yeah. Think like Outstanding, Paul. Really like to thank you for your contribution uh, today. Uh, I think this is going to be one of our one of our best podcast episodes going. I've really enjoyed our discussion, awesome. and uh, keep doing keep doing that great work you're doing out there. Yeah, kia ora, Ryan, and thank you very much for the opportunity, and all the best for everybody out there today. <laughs>